welcome back to part two of our Boy Girl Bands special episode of Pop Gaze of a Certain Age. So, guys, with all of this talk of our most favourite boy-girl bands in the whole world, we've reached the part of the episode where we get to introduce a very special guest. I love it when we get to introduce special guests, don't you? Um, and this lady was one half of one of the most iconic boy-girl groups from the late 70s and all the way through the 1980s. And their hits included Shooting Star, Love's Got a Hold On Me, Mirror Mirror, Give Me Back My Heart, Videotech, and of course their smash hit cover version of Olamour. She's touring the UK in September and she's here to tell us all about it. The band of course is Dollar, so let's just say a jolly hello to the very lovely Teresa Bazaar. Hello, gentlemen. Oh, my gosh, you are a sight for sore eyes. And um, the accents are just gorgeous. I'm jealous. All of you, all three. Thank you. Just gorgeous. You're like a rose between thorns, as they, as they say. I'm, I'm so excited. Thank you so much for inviting me. Um, seriously, I've been looking forward to this, so it's going to be it absolutely seems like you're a very busy woman at the moment and, and you always kind of hear of pop stars saying that the promotion part of the job is a bit of a bore and a bit of a chore but you seem to be having a great time I guess the question is are you? How are things for you at the moment? Oh I'm, I'm having a fantastic time it's a bit crazy I have to say and um, because I live in Sydney Australia <laughs> the, the time difference is kind of does my head in a bit and um, I don't like early mornings I mean I guess that's my heritage you know got to be up late and you know, working takes time to calm down. But um, I try and get up early in the morning to catch everyone in the UK at the end of their day so I can follow up with things. So that's about sort of half past six, four to seven, which is hugely early for me. Sorry, but it is not being precious. But then when it comes to sort of, especially in your summertime, half past four, five o'clock in the afternoon, everything kicks off again. So I kind of do my day-to-day and all the things I need to do in the day. And then it all kicks off again, uh, which is really quite extraordinary. But um, I'm 68, and I'm so proud of being 68. When I turned 60, I think I developed a sort of stutter because I didn't know how to say 660. It was just scary for a woman, you know. And then kind of I've been going through my 60s, and I decided to bring then COVID hit, silver linings everywhere. And um, sort of got me thinking about things. And uh, since I decided to commit to doing coming back, Invest, reinvesting in my music and everything music and everything dollar and the fans and music in general and the things that really pulls at my heartstrings. I've um, I've kind of unleashed the beast again, which is very weird. So I'm 68. I feel like I'm 28 again with the same kind of energies, which is very curious. But um, it's true. So be warned, gentlemen. Be warned. <laughs> Fantastic. We, we like that, though. We do, we do like that because certainly listening to some of your other interviews that you've given you can tell that it's that kind of reborn energy that you ha- that you've got i think it's, it is fantastic and it just takes me back to, you know to listening to your early tracks it really does it really does 
and it all started with I'm writing a book and it's been three years now or two and a half years or something who's counting but it all sort of started with that and then I thought well it's all very well talking about these stupid pranks we did in the wonderful days mm. and the highlights and the music and like the innovation and going from analog desks to digital desks and mm. Trevor Horn and all of that but I suddenly thought well what's the ending because everything has to have an ending mm. be it a song or a book or a play and um and I kind of thought, well, it's sort of it's my book, it's about me really, but what is my ending? And I suddenly thought, well, it's not really an ending, which is that part that my mum turned 97, but <laughs> thought, what am I gonna do if I'm alive for another 30 years? Mm. What would I do to spend my time well? Which really got me thinking about ageism and about how we think about getting older and then what we do, and it shouldn't be a barrier to our success. And it kind of got me thinking, and that's kind of what happened. So I might be mad now. I don't know, but happy if I'm mad. I mean, it's great. I'm having a ball. It's true, though, isn't it? It's, it's traditionally in music. Once an artist hits thirty-five, radio stations don't want to play them anymore. Videos, and it's ridiculous because, like you say, we are living far, far longer now. We're just because you hit a certain age doesn't mean to say that's it. Creatively, mm. you're not interested. I mean, we, we refer to Kylie at the moment. She's having like a her her fifth or sixth renaissance of, of of creativity and everyone's loving it. And it just goes to prove we can. We we are still valid. We I'm, I'm getting I'm getting upset now going, I am still valid. I am still <laughs> verifying who we are and it shouldn't be a barrier to anything anyone wants to do, however small. Don't say, oh I'd love to, but I can't because I'm so such an age. Which is I mean, you know, it, it's more than a number. It's more than who you are and what you want to do. And it's so important. Um, and I came up with a really good idea because um, I love the the Kylie thing is just extraordinary. I've been watching, mm. listening to her, watching that video and go, she is just a force again. Mm. But I'm thinking with all the, the Barbie video, I'm thinking if they want to do a sequel, they should have Kylie as an older Barbie and me <laughs> as an older Barbie. And I'll put my hand up for that. You could be like you could be like mother of Barbie. What does Barbie have a mum? She must have a mum. She wants to create a Barbie mum. I'd love to be Barbie's grandmum. I don't care. So fabulous. <laughs> I was just thinking that age, and, and it's just it isn't it curious. It's all about waves and kind of themes and what happens mm -hmm. to be current at the time. And I think getting older in music seems to be a current kind of cool thing. Absolutely. You know? Is there a shift, guys, that the culture mm -hmm. is cooler suddenly? I think so. It's kind of, I mean, I have nieces who are in like their late teens and they start telling me about music they listen to. And I go, hang on, that, I listened to that when I was your age. And they're like, mm. but it's almost kind of like they've discovered it. They've found it. And you're like, mm, okay, uh, whatever. <laughs> we did a, a covers podcast recently. And quite a lot of the, the covers that we, we talked through were songs that were written originally in the 60s and the 70s that have been redone in the 90s and the noughties. And it's just amazing to think back that some of these talented artists and their songs just live on. And that's the thing with radio and songwriting, which is also partly why I kind of dip my toes back in now and up to my ears, basically. I'm kind of breathing underwater. As John Legend said, but I'm okay. I mean, I don't know why I'm doing it, but I am. But um, no one needs to look at you image-wise when you're on the radio. That's true. Or when you're a songwriter. They just want to either hear what you have to say or listen to your song, mm -hmm. but you're not selling an image. And I think the separation of 
image, mm-hmm. which is ageist as well, but just giving of yourself for your creativity. Isn't that, it's like an elevating kind of freedom kind of feeling. It's lovely. That's certainly how I felt with some of the, the early dollar songs that you wrote. They are still in my playlist. You know, there are ones that live rent-free in my head and have never left. Well, which ones might they be, my darling? (laughs) Now, this would have been Give Me Back My Heart. Myself and my twin sister used to pretend that we were you and David. (laughs) Love it. Every time you were on Top of the Pops, that was us. So with our hairbrushes, sing your wall. And for me, that that is an iconic memory from my childhood, and I just absolutely loved it. And what a song, though! It's an absolutely tremendous song. It is. It is. I was I was saying earlier that 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 is one of my memories as well. Thursday night, top of the pops. We all used to sit down as a family, and me and my mum used to get very excited whenever there was a dollar video <laughs> or a dollar performance. We were like, going, rubber, 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 rubber. and it's fantastic. Memories are brilliant. They um forge who we are, as I said as we get older. And um, you can you can just time travel, can't you? You can just go back. And that's the connection. You can remember exactly what it felt like, what you might have been eating, um, where you were, what the color of the sofa was. I mean, I have to say, I also practiced with a hairbrush. Me being me, I still practice with a hairbrush in the mirror in the bathroom. <laughs> Maybe if my head's a bit more that way, it might be better also. I mean, you know, we all did it, so you were <laughs> spot on. But I think the music is timeless, really, which is so precious it certainly is so i did read once somewhere that you were the original uk boy girl group i think back was that late 70s early yeah so so when we got kicked out of guys and dolls Mm -hmm. um and i love my dollies so much um martin and junior we're in touch all the time and we're very very tight uh which is wonderful um but we got kicked out for a few reasons um nothing to do with how we sang and uh And um, David wanted to be a solo artist. I mean, he was. He was David Cassidy and Donny Osmond, you know, um, all rolled into one. Mm. And we thought, it's a given, you know, that he's going to get snapped up and be a solo artist and I'd just be hanging there in the background probably Mm. writing songs. And um, it just didn't happen, which was so extraordinary. And uh, we just happened to sort of run across um, these two guys um, who said, look, you know, one of them was a Radio One plugger, um, mm-hmm. you know, um, promoting on to play, you know, to get you on the radio. And um, he said, "Look, um, there's a new record company. I think, you know, if we marketed you as a girl boy duo, which is nothing, yeah. um, in the UK, and you had Donny Marie in the US, and mm-hmm. also um, Greece was so successful that it year, was. yeah, and just John Travolta and Living Newton John, they kind of said." How would you feel about that? And David was very discontent. He said, Well, I suppose so. And I kind of really went, I went, Okay. You know, I was just very mild and meek back then, still. Mm-hmm. Had like 
head on in music, but I was just very compliant. Mm. Still can be if I have to be. And um, that's what happened. And uh, they just took us to this label. They went, yep, no girl boy group in the UK. Yep, I'll sign them. That's exactly what happened. I'm crazy, huh? It certainly is. It's like the rest of that is history. So how yeah. so, so how how did it feel recording your first album as part of all that? Oh, I was um thank goodness for Chris Neal. Uh what an incredible producer. Uh we just got lucky. And um David Courtney with the first two mm-hmm. songs, uh Shooting Star and Who Who Are You With in the Moonlight. Just uh but he was meant to produce us, and then mm. because it was a new label, it all got the the, the 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 sort of everything got messed up a little bit. And I remember the the boss, who I'm still in touch with, Chris Yule, who's a, his ears would be some of the best I've ever experienced in the business. Just his hear capacity to understand mm. music. Um, and he said, "No, no, no, but you're going to go with this guy, Chris Neal." And I went, "Okay." And um, Chris had just produced Marshall Hayne dancing in the city. Mm-hmm. which was a breakthrough record as well for its production and its new sort of sound. And um, and we recorded the album and I was, uh, I sat in that studio all the time. I was like lapping it up. I was learning. I was didn't realize mm-hmm. I would love being in a studio. And I would be like, not even a tape up. I'd be like, I'd say, can I make someone a cup of tea or do anything? I'd sit there with mm-hmm. all the newsletters and everything. And I learned so much. I have to say, you were you when you sort of like first started out. It was kind of the age of the videos and and stuff. And even through Dollar and your solo career, you served some looks. You really did. I'm looking at some of the videos and I'm going, wow. In particular, there's one. It's Nature's Way. Um, and the 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 feathers in the hair. Do how involved were you in your looks and stuff? Did it come from you, or were you like stylist, just do what you want to do? Oh. That would have been nice to have a stylist. No, it was all from me. I mean, everyone thinks you've got an entourage. Mm. Well, I guess big stars nowadays they do. I know I had an entourage. No one ever took me shopping apart from the Big Kiss, my solo album. But no, for the dollar days, it was all me. And I would be kind of going, how can I reinvent myself? But it was scary stuff because I've never been a fashion-forward person. I mean, I would follow, you know, but then try and recreate something. So I was always looking at... The Banana Rama girls, it was so super hip. It took me ages before I found that jacket for handheld in black and white. Mm. It took me so much confidence to actually go into Kensington markets to even look at things because I suddenly thought, oh, I don't really belong there because I'm not hip and I'm not cool. Mm-hmm. You know, I was kind of straight down the middle and middle wasn't good then, was it? You know, um, everyone was looking for something alternate. And I thought, well, I'm not. And at least I've been authentic always.
Jason has a story, a very interesting story that he was telling us before. <laughs> yes, I heard a story about, I think it was for Videotech on Top of the Pops. You popped into Marks and Spencers. 100% true. I was ah, brilliant. <laughs> I was freaking out. I mean, that's what happened. You were told on a Tuesday at about 10 o'clock, you get a phone call. Mm -hmm. Yep. No, you've gone up the charts, you're on top of the pops, which is filmed on a Wednesday and then aired on a Thursday. Mm -hmm. And I wouldn't ever be presumptuous to think, oh, I'd better get something ready. Mm -hmm. And I thought, well, what am I going to do? And I actually was in a really a spin. I thought, I, I don't know what to do. And there's no one to help. And um, I was actually walking, and this is actually true, it's in the book. I was walking around um, Mayfair and down Sloan Street where Harvey Nichols is. Yes. I mean, the most beautiful department store, like mm. so creative, their windows are just like blissful. And um, they had this sort of um, imagery, of it. it was sort of like um, people sort of in string bits, you know, and mm. almost like a, um, something like maybe a fisherman's net over yeah. them and sort of, but it looked so cool. I suddenly thought, ooh, that looks really interesting. That would be different. And I suddenly thought, I don't have a fisherman's net. I don't know anyone who fishes. But I thought, string vest. And I thought, and I marched off to Marks and Spencer's. <laughs> and I bought a pack of two. You get two for one price. <laughs> and then string vest. And I went home and I cut them up. And I bought a tube of Bostick, you know, uh -huh. the stuff. Yeah. And super glue, two. And I thought, I'm going to experiment. I mean, how crazy is that? And that's exactly what I did. It's absolutely <laughs> the truth. And you'd look fantastic on top of the pops, though. But if you consider those string vests a year or two years later, there you had Madonna with those string vests as well. <laughs> Did she see me first? Possibly. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I mean, it's in, <laughs> who would know? Who an, would know? An unknown trendsetter at that point. <laughs> you know, even though you may have, haven't had the confidence, you certainly might have been a trendsetter. I mean, isn't it weird? I'm cutting yeah. out squares with my small breasts and going, how big do I need that square? <laughs> so funny. Your pasties. <laughs> Very funny. <laughs> I think we should talk a wee bit more about the tour itself. I think this is the greatest name for a tour I think I have ever heard. Ola Tour, how wonderful. Who came up with that, by the way, I want to know. That's, that's not me. That is the incredibly talented Stephen Fox, ah. who is going to me, my partner in crime. And um, as I said, the, the, the time distance is kind of a bit challenging sometimes, but we were on the phone. It was about half past midnight his time. And he, and he also does visuals and he... He makes um, videos and all kinds of stuff, and he's got a brilliant voice. I mean, he's just a force. And um, we were talking, he said, I've had such a 
bloody awful day and it's been difficult and I've been doing this. He said, and I've been listening to the tracks and doing this. And I came up with this idea. I said, we should call it Ola Tour just because I'm so frustrated. I went, hang on. I said, <laughs> I went, Ola Tour? He said, yes, because I was listening to Ola Moore and going, and, and I said, that's it. That's the name. I mean, so it's completely Stephen Fox, 100%. And he's phenomenal in so many ways. And we are like so tight. I can't tell you. It's amazing. I mean, we, he even says, I've had this idea, but you told me this the other day. I said, no, nope, I didn't tell you that, Stephen. He said, I thought you did because I just had it. I said, no, but I was thinking the same thing. We have this kind of connection. It's very warm, but it's lovely. It is, it's an amazing name, and I think that is that is fully merchable, that we can see Ola Tor fragrances, we can see... <laughs> Diamond, guys, because I'm up to my, not ears now, I'm up really mm. down, completely the water's above my head, but you want to dive in and go, yeah, you can come up with a fragrance and be part of the journey. I, I, I think Ola Tor string vests, that, that is a thing <laughs> we are missing... <laughs> Oh, can, can, you, can you organise those? That would be lovely. Just after Marks and Spencer's after this, immediately. <laughs> but just with a Theresa picture just on one one strap or something, a little, or a pin, nice. I don't know, what do you think? That's That'd it, nice. one strap down, one strap just looking more promo on the side. <laughs> so me and my husband, so you might see his legs in the picture here, but um, he's, he's waving to you. Husband, no, no, hello, Bruce. Come on, say hi to me now. Come on, Bruce. Come on. If he does, this will be a first because he has never shown his face. No, he will because because I'm very commanding. Come on, Bruce. Come and say hello. Come and say hello. (laughs) Because he loves you. He absolutely does. This is this is the first. Come on, come and wave at me and say hello. And send me a kiss. Look at you. Hello, my gorgeous. How are you? Hey, Teresa. How are you? Very well, thank you. Well, this is a first, but you know what? Don't disappoint me because I'm 68 and I deserve to just get what I need. Of course. And I've got my Scottish team in place. And, of course, Preston's not that far, so that's cool. You're yeah. a, you know, you're, you're just down in the road, basically. But I've got four of you now. It's amazing. Mm. And Bruce and Graham are coming to see you. In Burnley. Burnley. The Burnley. Oh, how exciting. How exciting. That's awesome. Well, you know what? Um, I don't even know how it's going to work out. I mean, I've got heels, okay? I've got sparkly dresses. But when I started with the costumes, I thought, think about the important stuff. Don't let everyone down. I mean, because I'm very sensitive to I'm, – I'm a very serious person deep down. I Seriously, I'm not an airhead. And I thought, I don't want to let anyone down, so they need to know that I'm – who I am and look nice. So I thought, what do I do? I start with the shoes. <laughs> a pair of boots, you know. I thought it's got to be. They can't be Kylie heels. No, I wish, but not Kylie heels. But I'm not being in flatties. Forget it, because otherwise I'd disappear under the stage oh. and no one would be able to see me at all. Because I'm the smallest pop star in the world. I think currently in Guinness Book of Records, maybe I could try. <laughs> <laughs> I could try, but anyway, I've got the boots, sparkly mm-hmm. boots with like nice heels. 
And then I've got to have other shoes. So I went and bought the shoes and I've got all the sparkles because everyone has to glam up. It's a glamorous pop party. It has to be a celebration. It does. And it's going to be great. Look, there you are again, you two. It's a lovely look there. You've made made two middle-aged homosexual gentlemen very happy this morning. (laughs) The thing is, what I want to know is, um, I was actually speaking to my partners a little bit beforehand. Where, why are gay people called gay? Because sometimes you're not gay and you're average or sad. And my best friend in the world, Billy Lyle, he was my soulmate, who I lost to AIDS um, when he was 36 years old. He was um, in pilot mm-hmm. um, and he was my best friend. Why? Why? Where is the word gay and why does it mean you always got to be upbeat? Because you mostly are. I don't know. You've had to, you've asked a very very thought provoking provocative, yeah. Because <laughs> yes. it, it used to be back in hundreds of years ago, gay was happy in general, yeah. it wasn't. So I don't know when it became adopted. Yeah, yes. it's better than some of the names. <laughs> yeah. But it's an interesting concept, and you know, and most of our marketing side of promoting records, you had to have a great dance mix. Why? Because the gay clubs were the best clubs in the country mm-hmm. and they had the best taste in music and dance music. But I, I'm just I'm just fascinated because it's been so much of my world. As I said, Billy was my soulmate. He lived mm-hmm. with me in my flat. He supported me. My my One of my sons is gay and I'm very much invested in the community all the time. And, but it's just, I, I, I don't know. I'm Googling as we chat and uh, <laughs> I ask, how, how does gay came to mean homosexual? And, yeah, it's not really given me very many answers. If you invite me back, we could we have another conversation about this? We shall have an in-depth conversation about this, yes, yes. The Teresa Bar, Pop Gays of Certain Age, Exploration of Gay History. That is, that's coming out soon, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely, that would be great. But, um, but I always feel that's my best place, you know. And, and when I went to perform at the Hippodrome or somewhere in London, and I would actually took my mum once, and I left her with about nine of my gay friends. I said, <laughs> there's the champagne. Look after my mother. I've got to go and perform now. And every time I've ever been the happiest in my life, it's been surrounded by a group of gay men. Mm. And um, even when I went to Colombia with Billy Lyle, wow. he took he said, do you want to come to Colombia? I said, why? Is it because you need a break? And I went and I was surrounded by six gay men in Colombia and they escorted me everywhere. Uh, and they said, it's very dangerous. So why am I here? I said, because you're with us. <laughs> and um, so, but it's my happiest memories. And I said, mm. I don't know what, why is gay synonymous with great taste, fashion, great music, mm. sensibilities? Why? Just look at just look at the evidence surrounding you. Yeah, yeah. What what obviously the tour is gonna to have all the hits. Are there any surprises? Are you doing any cover versions? Is there anything for us to kind of Ooh. Ooh. Um there are there is um an homage, as I would pronounce it, to producers of the eighties. Producers of the Ace. So there is, and um, I chose that. And um, I'll just say my first choice was someone, an artist whose name starts with a K and ends in an E. So I'll leave it at that. Um, uh-huh. So, and that's, that's 
my happy place and also mm-hmm. singing someone else's songs is so cool so it's a, a dedication to because for me my whole career was based on the producers mm-hmm. the musical product because if you don't have a great record you're nothing mm-hmm. and so it's always been so respectful and the producers but also the engineers um even the tape ops when they had them you know for me it's always about it's a team it's never one person it does actually bring us to a question from social media that one of our followers, uh, James Leon, he said he loves Dollar. Can you ask Teresa what it was like working with the legendary Trevor Horn on tracks like Mirror Mirror and Videotech? Absolute classics. Oh, well, Trevor and I, um, you know, he is uh, he's like a star twinkling in the sky for me. He's just superhuman in so many aspects, a pure genius. And working there... It was surreal in so much that we were just experimenting. And he was experimenting. He was just so trusting in his own talent that he just did whatever he thought was right. And his engineer was Gary Langan, who is just superb, went on to be part of The Art of Noise. And he was part of ZTT, Trevor Horn's um, record label. It was just amazing. I think the thing that um, I was listening to a video called The Radio Star the other day, and in a way, it was sort of a blueprint for Dollar, which is actually how I got into Trevor in the first place, listening to the bass drum and the Yes. It wasn't me, but I want to be that person. sound and the precision of sound but the thing is that Trevor just had this way of just making things happen and also with Video Killed the Radio Star he sang the vocal the male vocal but the chorus was female lead so it wasn't like the old school 70s where you've got the male singer yes and the girls the, the girls were a bit of fluff they look glamorous and they've got nice voices. They do the backup vocals and mm. maybe a harmony line on on the pre-chorus. Mm. You know, but they're not the focus. And um, he changed that all up with um video called The Radio Star because the girls sang the chorus. And that's kind of a blueprint for Dollar that David sang the leads in the verse, but the choruses was me predominant. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't just a lead vocal. It was, it was the sound. Yeah. And so everything we've ever done, you know, I always, Trevor would say, obviously, wind you up and out you go, darling. And I would go and sing my block of eight, minimum eight of everything I sang, old school. Mm-hmm. Hello, Kat. <laughs> Hello, Lulu. But I would track up and I would be like a, like a you know, a little wind up toy. Mm-hmm. And I would just keep singing and singing the same thing. And that's how we got the sound. And that was something that we kind of it evolved with the two of us, Trevor and me, and, and, and the end of giving back my heart, going back to one of the, mm. the the beginning of the conversation, that we were very late in the studio, just Trevor and me and Gary Langan, and um, he said, the end of giving back my heart, he said, I've got this ending idea. He said, I've got this, this scribbled sheet of lyrics. Yeah. Could you go and just maybe make up a tune? And I said, what do you mean? He said, well, just, just make it up. I said, really? He said, yeah. So I went in, and that's when it all breaks down. It's just like me singing. He said, but I want some account. I said, account melody, because I 
brought up with classical mm-hmm. music. He said, yeah. So I went out and I'm trying to read the lyrics, <laughs> scribbled, and I kind of sing this, and I do it once, and then presses the intercom button. He goes, that was lovely. He says, you sound like Julie Andrews. And I went, really? He said, yeah. I said, okay, so let's go again. And he went, no, 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 that's it. goes that's it that's exactly what i wanted i went really he said really really and that was it it's like a one take made it up as i went along and it sounds i mean i sound like i'm 12 (laughs) but that was just me i was just so intent on being the best i could be authentic and that's what i heard and kind of it was just pure you know it's meant to be a pure very beautiful ending to a tragedy. And mm-hmm. and um, so that's Trevor and myself, we kind of hit it off and we just did our thing. Yeah. Until ABC came in and stole him, but that's another oh. story. <laughs> I rude. I rude. But no, certainly those were, the tracks that you worked with were just iconic and they're still there, you know, and they are still being played. And that's just a testament to the, you know, the hard work that he did at the time. It was uh, just the most incredible experience. I mean, I really did understand that we were kind of like, it was creating something mm-hmm. very new. I knew that even though I didn't understand. And it was, it was just, there was no, there, were, there was no written agenda of what we needed mm-hmm. to do. It was just, that's called real creativity when you're just mm-hmm. doing it, you believe you're going to do something wonderful. And um, I think also from me personally, I loved him so much because he understood my voice. Mm. You know, I've got a small voice, has a lot of air around it. Mm -hmm. It's not a big stage voice, but he took that and thought, you know, it was like putty in his hands. He Mm -hmm. knew how to create something new. And then, of course, the fair light arrived Mm. and... That was, the, as I said, I think in the book, I, there's one phrase that said, the greatest love of my life mm-hmm. was falling in love with the machine. <laughs> it was. It loved me and I loved it back because it was just this kind of chemistry that you had and it just grabbed all the bits of my voice that is partial voice with partial mm-hmm. M and stuff. And Trevor was like, oh, he was happy, happy, happy. It was just amazing. And that's why you get that sounds on Give Me About My Heart and Video yes. Tech. It was full throttle, just mucking about. It was.
So whatever Twitter follows Al at Elmoroxy2022, he wants to know how Dollar ended up recording Ola Moore. And he says it's his favourite version of the song. And I think it's everybody's favourite version of the song. Oh, wow. Well, Vince Clark is my hero. So um, and Andy Bell's voice is just off the scale. So um, anything that Erasure have done and, and Yazoo and everything, oh, my gosh. But, um, well, what happened was, you see, um, Ditsy, no, but in a rush, yes. And um, I was listening to some sort of Vince Clark and Erasure on the radio, and I wanted to buy the album. And I rem- remember parking my car illegally in mm-hmm. Oxford Street in London and running into HMV when we had proper record shops, you know, Absolutely. and you could go and browse and all. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I thought, I just, and I was going off to the Cotswolds. Um, that was my sort of retreat exit out of London. And I'm, I grabbed the CD um, to play in the car, and I went and paid for it, got in the car, and I get to the Cotswolds, and I thought, I'm so excited, and I put this in, and I bought the wrong flipping album. <laughs> I, wanted to buy. I bought the first album. Mm. So I thought, well, okay, I, but I'm going to listen to it because mm-hmm. I bought it. So I'm driving around the Cotswolds in countryside, listening to it, and Ola Moore comes on. And it's the same sort of moment as it was when I heard Video called the radio star on the mm. radio and pulled over. I actually pulled over and I was listening to it and I thought, oh my gosh, I'd never heard it before. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was like a, I could hear in my head immediately what it would sound like if I made that record. I mean, I just knew. And I went, and I listened to it about five times. I always like to listen to things on repeat because mm-hmm. I don't hear something different every time. Definitely. And then you stop thinking about, oh, I listen to like, the riffs and, and the, the counter riffs and the little incidentals. And I go, oh, that's cool. I could do that. I could do. And I'm thinking, oh, I could do that counter bit there. And I was like, so, and I suddenly thought, that's it. So I thought I'll do it myself. Mm-hmm. So I thought I don't trust anybody anymore. Um, lots of, you know, that's kind of how you are sometimes in life, mm-hmm. isn't it? And I thought I'll do it. So I decided to record it and I found some musicians and I went and found a programmer and worked with, made the track mm-hmm. and David came in. I said, this is what we're doing. And he, you know, he sang a great lead on it mm-hmm. and I did all the stuff. And, um, and I went into London records myself and I went, this is a really good track and it would be really good. And it would be cool because you're so uber cool. And there's Tracy Bennett there, his A&R, you know, in his, mo- on his motorbike, in his bo- big boots. And I'm <laughs> going, this would be the best thing for us to give us some credibility. Mm-hmm. And um, and they said yes. It was just uh, extraordinary. I'm loving the fact that it was all you, and it was like total guilt. And I'm loving that, David. You're singing this. <laughs> Get on with it. I did it all myself, and, and I produced it. I worked there. Um, Dave Barrett was my engineer. Great guy. So so patient with me. But then I was like going. I was anal. It has to be what with. Chris Neal and Trevor Horn. It has to be, and it has to be exactly like this. Mm-hmm. It's a, a hair's breadth not right. I'm not leaving till we fix it. Oh. I was very, very, very strong because I knew. I, I suddenly thought it's probably my last shot, which actually it was. I didn't know it was my parting shot, but it was. But I was very fierce about it because I just wanted to know if I failed. Mm-hmm. I failed, but I gave it a hundred percent, and that's really where I am with everything now. And um, it was a huge hit. It was all over Europe. Yeah. What What's your favourite bit? And I'll tell you mine. What is your favourite bit of that record? I think it's the start. And you know what's coming. You're like, 
Ooh, it's, yeah. We, how we describe it is, if you were at a club and you'd gone to the loo and you heard it, you would run. You would go, go yes. I'm out. <laughs> yeah, straight away. Yeah, to the dance floor. Okay, next answer, please. That's a wonderful one. And the next, please. <laughs> I'm just going to say, I just love it all. I just think it's the whole package. I mean, I just think it's a tremendous production. It's a tremendous version. And Lee's right. It's super exciting is what it is. It gets you G'd up and gets you wanting to move. So I don't know whether I can pick any one thing from it. I just think it's phenomenal from start to finish. I would say from my, definitely the harmonies oh. are amazing. But I think there's also a slight bit as you kind of go through it. It differs from the erasure version that it's not in the same key. And I think it's almost like the key drops a little bit. It just gives it that springboard. For when it comes into the next part yeah yeah no i get what you mean i mean and for me i love the it was always the oh oh la more which mm. is a, <laughs> a again a throwback to give me back my heart you know that mm. was the fair like thing that i just wanted because i thought that's me and i love that sound it's mm. so integrally part of me so i love that but actually the thing for me is the sprangy i i have words for all descriptions of keyboards but the the riff that's the main riff the keyboard riff and i worked so hard to make that delicious mm. and um when i listen to it it gives me so much pleasure i go that you know people wouldn't listen to that but for me that's the glue mm. that makes everything work i mean the song's brilliant but it's the glue and the things as a producer i get so much pleasure out of it go i got that right i actually really didn't stop until i thought that's good enough. don't know if you guys know but um i don't normally blow my own trumpet but i was the first female record producer in the uk wow, wow. back in 1983 i produced a band called paparazzi i was the first female record producer because no female is going to be in a studio with sweaty men and it's all grungy and beers on the floor and no no one's going to do that are they but i did and actually they weren't sweaty they were lovely <laughs> <laughs> so there's a certain population that will be going oh that sounds good that sounds good to <laughs> <laughs> but we but we know <laughs> yeah it's the first female record producer isn't that crazy i will have to go and have a look on youtube to see a paparazzi do they have do they have songs online yeah 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 um the record called don't stay all night don't that stay all night there's another one called stop both of them but don't stay all night as 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 a record that should have been a Big hit, mm. like an anthem. They're a rock band from Birmingham. I mean, so different to what mm. I would do, but the sounds, the, they were so good. And I and I really enjoyed that. And, um, yeah, I, that was deserving to be a hit record for them. 
How did you not know that as the, as the UK's leading Teresa Bazaar stand that you did not know that information, Jason? <laughs> I missed that one out, but I now know. <laughs> because that's different. <laughs> well, there you go. That you can go and listen to your heart's content, but they I were will. good. And they were lovely, lovely, very respectful. And it's a bit weird to have this kind of, I, I didn't look glamorous, but, you know, you still got my reputation there. It's a bit weird because you don't, women weren't in the studio. They were the fluff. You'd walk in, you'd be a backing vocalist or something, but you'd never be, never know women mm-hmm. engineers or tape-ops or anything, nothing. When we get a guest on, what we do is we like to end the interview with something fun. And you might have seen my copy of the Dollar Album behind me. I picked that up in a second-hand record store in a quite famous one in Manchester a couple of years ago. And it's pristine. It's 40 years old and it's in tremendous condition. So much so that this was inside it. And for people listening, I'm holding up an official fan club invitation to Dollar straight from 1982. And on the other side, it's got Dollar merchandising. And I know that you've got some new merch, okay? <laughs> so what I want to know, and we're going to check your, your knowledge of the price of Dollar merchandise back in 1982. So I'm going to give you a couple of couple of pieces of merchandise and I'm going to ask you how much you thought they were to buy back in 1982. So the first thing is um, a dollar-shaped enamel badge in black and gilt and there's kind of a dollar shaped oh, wow. badge in black i never had one of those well, <laughs> no one gave me one of those would you hazard a guess as to how much that was in 1982 um 50p oh no no you were actually underselling yourself it was one pound 30. bargain Um, and then we have a scarf now the scarf sounds lovely it's a pure wool 72 inch long and 12 inch white navy blue scarf made in scotland it says no less um with (laughs) embroidered dollar logo on scarf end any ideas no, and again, why wasn't I given one? I've never seen one. Did you not? Did you, did you not see any? Did you not remember any of this merch? Is it was like got done completely separately from? <laughs> I don't think it ever actually happened. I think it was just a fabricated <laughs> imagination. Someone Scottish pure wool scarf. I'd say five pound fifty. No, no, again, you're underselling it. Six pounds fifty it was. I mean, That's good inflation. But it's also a bar. It was also a bargain. And then we had a a white American sweatshirt, grey jogging suit, and it was the most expensive thing. It was sixteen pounds and ninety pence. I've never seen any of those. <laughs> Why would you have a merchant a white jogging suit? No one's going to buy a white one. And who was shopping? Nineteen eighty-two. Well, absolutely. We'll take a good photo of this and we'll send it to you. We'll get it shared yes, on. We'll get it shared on social. And we can compare it to your. Your, your new merch. Um, but Teresa, I just wanted to say thank you because this has been an absolute delight speaking to you um, the, this morning or this evening, of course, as you're in, in Australia. Just wanted to wish you the best of luck for the tour. I can't wait to see it. I take it people just go online and just get your tickets in all the usual places. Or is there anywhere in particular that we should be going and looking for tickets? Um, yeah, you're asking me. I'm just an idiot on socials. Um, no, no, you go on to all my socials. I'm told. Mm-hmm. 
and, and then yes there are links and um there's a merch store and you can buy the tickets on Linktree. is that what they call it yeah i don't know but, um all and all the box offices um are open um but um i just want to say thank you so much i've had the best fun but would you have me back <gasps> definitely oh yes yeah you have now become an honorary pop gay of a certain age well can i be a pop gay of a certain age you, can, can i yes. Can I, can, you've got to send me something legit though. I don't have a back. We do have a little bit of merch. <laughs> we do have, n not not the classics of a, of a black and gold enameled <laughs> dollar sign from 1982, but we will send you something. <laughs> I'll swap you. I'll swap you mugs for one of yours, okay? I'll swap Wonderful. You. We could do something because you are so gorgeous, you lot. I'm, I feel like I'm around the corner, really. I do. I feel like I'm around the corner, but I want to be part of your team. I mean, my gosh, you had such fun. Oh, <laughs> it's much better than doing it by myself. I mean, this is much more fun than one to one because there's all of you there, and you look like such a happy, happy, chappy family. Most of the time, <laughs> yes. yeah. do you oh. argue ever? Do you actually argue? Um, there's, there are there are occasions and there's heated discussions in mm. in recordings about certain tracks. Uh, there is there's a there's a WhatsApp group chat that sometimes gets a little bit heated, a little bit yeah, a little bit Ooh. heated. But no, we've never punched each other yet. Can't <laughs> um... <laughs> that. It didn't get physical. I'm just going. But I want to be an honorary gay. Can, can I? You can. You I want, want a bag or something. We will, we, will, we will definitely send you something that you can, well, that you can Well, wear. actually, actually, when Graham comes along to the concert, <gasps> Graham can bring you some merch. Oh, yes. What a great idea. Yes. Yeah. So you know what, Graham? Um, are you coming with your gorgeous other half? Yeah, yes, Bruce is coming with me, yes. So how about um, not putting you on the spot, of course, but would you be up for introducing us on stage and kind of oh, yes. Yes. yes yes he will promoting the the site and doing all of that would that be a nice thing to do well I, th I think we could probably end up with a pop gaze day out on that particular day maybe we'll all do it <laughs> maybe we'll all do it i'm seeing graham dressed as david and i'm seeing bruce dressed as Teresa as from from one of the videos i definitely think that needs to happen funny. well oh i God. think that's Probably a very good conversation you guys need to have mm. and sort it and let me Definitely. know because I think that would be such fun. And it's if it's going to be a pop party, a glamorous pop party, they're my words, mm -hmm. then we've got to kick it off in the right way. What do you reckon? Okay, yes. Lovely. We're up for that. Thank you very much, Teresa. We will let you go. Um, it's been a pleasure. It's been a pleasure to speak to you. And I, I like, you're going to have to send me messages and maybe some images, some Definitely. little images of what you're going to wear, who mm -hmm. is coming to what, and we'll sort it out. But that's exciting. And I think it is. I've got a bigger village now, which makes oh, me feel nice. Fantastic. So I feel supported. Oh, absolutely. So, so good. We love you too. I love you too.